Welcome to the Clearly Podcast. My name is Andy Clark. I'm Shaden. I'm Tom Goff. No um, surname there, Shaylan. Chudasama. Okay, thank you. I just feel that the audience you deserve to there, know there is all a, of your details. There is only one Shaylan. We know that. <laughs> That's <Many>. so true. <laughs> when, we, when we joined Microsoft, it came up with um, so many characters. So instead of even the first initial and the full surname, it's something like S. Chudasar at Microsoft. And I requested, and you could put a request in. So I, put, I requested, well, can I just have Shailen at Microsoft.com? And they, they did it. And I said, yeah, yeah there I isn't one of those. Yeah, I at Microsoft.com. I was Anne Clark as my <laughs> alias. A.N. <laughs> Clark. <laughs> Although there were some other very good ones there. Um, oh, yes. So I probably, I'm going to say this anyway. Um, so somebody called Takashi Takioma. Um, became take a shit at Microsoft.com. <laughs> that was a real alias that existed. <laughs> Sorry to catch you for listening. There's another one actually, which is far worse, which I'm not going to mention. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll, put it in, I'll put it in the chat after so you two can see it, but I don't do it. Um, I wish I wish I could do. Okay, so sorry. Let's get to the point of the podcast, and we're going to talk today about data horror stories. This is the Halloween special. I wish at this point I could do a kind of a really evil Vincent Price style cackly laugh just to go and help it. And hopefully, Tom, I mean, can you edit some of that in there when you're, you know, doing this? I'll see. What just we start can do. off with like, you know, the start, you know storms and thunder and lightning <laughs> in the background and an evil laugh just to you know get things kicked off yeah i see what we can uh see what we can do there and see, see if we can get a few bits in the middle of the uh the audio as well yeah that'd be good just go and check them i should have actually added them to the to the zencaster thing but i didn't anyway so this is one which again promises to get us a little bit you know potentially feisty and a bit upright because we're going to talk about data horror stories. So, you know, all the stuff that goes wrong in the implementations that we do, um, some of the common things that go wrong, some specific examples of, you know, just some really bad practices going on. So um, who would like to kick off? We've been talking before this and we've got some pretty good examples to go through. Um, Tom. You're yeah. getting a little bit ranty before I, we started. I, a little bit hot under the collar. So I, I think you should, you should kick indeed, off, my yeah. friend. So, I mean, what, one of the ones, and I'm, I'm just going to start off by, by saying that if you're listening to this and um, you, you've worked with anyone in, in BI and you, you're recognizing this as, as your company, it probably is about you. Um <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> we did we did start the, on the basis that we shouldn't do anything yeah, personally the, identifiable but are, are you kind of making the point that everybody screws up yeah the the, the reason the reason this one is about you is because quite frankly this is a thing that happens literally everywhere um to more or less degree so yeah if you're hearing this from me and going that sounds like he's describing my company well, yes, I probably am, because I would be very, very surprised if nowhere in your organization you're doing this one. And the thing that horrible, nasty thing is putting filters into your reporting to hide bad data. 
And this is a thing, it just turns up everywhere because people want to see their, their data presented cleansed of errors. You know, it's, it's quite natural you'd want to do that. But what unfortunately ends up happening far too often is the, the request goes through to the reporting team to simply hide that bad data. So you've got a transaction that was accidentally put through with a, with a wrong amount on it. Um, things I've seen before where somebody's accidentally scanned a barcode into a quantity field, and I've seen that in several different organizations. So again, that's something you know is really common. And it ends up posting a really big transaction somewhere on the, on the system. It makes no sense. But unfortunately, instead of it getting fixed at source, it's often easier to get the reporting team just to wipe it out and, and just filter it out. Oh, um, ignore everything that's over this amount or below this amount. And you start to filter things out. Or you can even get to a point, I've seen it before, where you've got a where clause in a query that goes, where transaction ID not in, and then you've got this list of transactions that have been identified to say, ignore all of these. And again, if you think it's about you, you most companies have seen this happen at some point in time, there is usually some query knocking around in that BI suite. If it's been around for any period of time, that has got something in there that says, where transaction ID not in, and then the list of bad transactions. And that list gets longer and longer and longer. Now, the main, one of the main reasons this is particularly bad is because if you ever choose to move your reporting tool, you need to move all of that logic with your reporting tool. So if, you, if you're implementing a new tool, or if you're implementing a new system that's pulling this data in for any reason, if you don't go with the knowledge that this has all been done, then you're always going to end up with a whole load of really strange results. And suddenly you start to lose faith in that new tool very quickly because it's showing stuff that the old tool didn't. Well, of course it is because you haven't implemented that same logic. So for that horror story, for the love of God, will you please just go back and fix it at source? Everybody listening to this, just fix it at source because it's the only way you're going to get this to work properly ever. And then I can see Andy I, just laughing. I feel like that. you wanted to um, use some expletives to describe your feelings yeah, during that much. particular monologue. Yeah, just, just well done for holding back. Edit your own F words in, everybody. Nice one. God, Shalem, follow that. Right. Okay. So masking data, that's a good one. Um, and I'm sure everyone's seen that. Yeah. I've done it. <laughs> and still continue. I, I, was, I, I pushed back. Yeah. I pushed back yeah. and told them why not. That it's a really, really bad idea. We've all done it. And specifically <laughs> it asked to go and do it. It was required. And oh, it came back. You know, I'm. Yeah. We've we've probably all done it. Yeah, yeah, it's come back to bite us in the a dollar dollar, you know, and um, yeah, and just just hiding things, and then all of a sudden, released a, a report and said, oh, what are these values in there? What are these? That doesn't look correct. Ah, uh, we forgot to take them out from this from this report. 
Okay. My one that I'll start with is trying to stretch a tool. So Power BI, let's say Power BI, and make it function, behave, and act like Excel. <laughs> so, particular scenario or example here is um, a, a, the, I think yeah a very senior person used to Excel and would like to print Excel reports and actually highlight them right highlight rows within there so physically on a piece of paper absolutely. with a pen physically physically the team the BI team and the analytics team were didn't want to say well Power BI can't do that so after many iterations of trying to do it in Power BI and I mean table another table underneath and another table underneath even though we explained well is it Power BI it's not pixel perfect because it isn't it's not pixel perfect it's not going to line up yeah that's fine that's fine the first round of defects it's not in line <laughs> can it be in line can't see these rows no, of course you can't yeah can't do this can we print it so it shows everything um not really but the horror story here is just stretching a tool too far to what it's it's not designed to replace excel okay so power bi even tableau they're not um, designed to replace excel Excel, I know we talked about this, but Excel is used for pretty much everything, even software dev, right? It's used for anything because data, inserting data, repository, reading. Um, but with Power BI, it is an analytics tool. Yeah, it will help you make those decisions. Very quickly, you can change the charts. Very quickly, you can see trends. Um, you can look at other information in there. But no, this particular one was... Um, and other scenarios, other scenarios like this, is where something's been sold internally and they're still trying. They're still trying to stretch and stretch and stretch and you're just going to break it. Um, and even if you can make it do it after so many iterations, think about the maintenance. <laughs> when it comes to upgrading, when it comes to writing another report, when it comes to adding some more data sources, it's just not capable of doing that. It's um, the Birmingham screwdriver, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so this a Birmingham this... screwdriver again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so one of mine is it's another Excel one. Um and it's an organization that would take data from a structured, in this case CRM system, put it into Excel to clean up, manipulate, change via copy and paste somehow. And that became the basis for Power BI to go and get the data. And what would happen every month when we went and did the refresh, because this was a monthly reporting thing, is that somebody had truncated a GUID, for example, and I was using GUIDs throughout to go and link tables, link transactions, and whatever else. Or they're going to put a whole bunch of funny formatting because they were manipulating and using the Excel themselves in their day-to-day -day jobs. Um, they were changing data, so they'd put, you know, NA, for example, in a numeric field. It broke everything every single month. Um, and, you know, asked why we couldn't go and use the back-end system. The data in the back-end system was apparently so dirty. It had to go from 
there to go in Excel. So it was just a, you know, a horrible implementation and frankly, never really worked because the data was never, ever consistent. Thing is, that's not even rare. I mean, so you're saying you've seen it. Well, I'm assuming actually you've seen that sort of stuff go on more than once though, Andy. Um, I would no just once i've only seen it once um and i think having been there and tried to work with it and tried to make it work with new original never never been seen before errors and data manipulations that happened i would just say no going forward this is a really bad idea to do because it will never work successfully in which case i've got to say you lucky lucky <laughs> I was going to say all of Andy's projects because you, you you just use Excel as a data source. Eh? Everything's Excel. <laughs> Everything's Excel. Um, well, well, actually, a lot of the stuff I have been doing, I have had to use Excel all the time because uh, the inability to get to a certain backend system um, within a particular client. So we're outputting everything from Excel, but that's just a completely. Actually, we'll come to that one later. Um, but yeah, so, sorry, Tom. Go. Yeah, no, so just, uh, I'm, I'm just surprised that you've only come across that sort of uh, stuff going on the once because it's, it is worryingly common that um, the, the desire is that no one, no one ever seems to want to clean their data up. And that's, I mean, that actually kind of segues nicely yeah. into my, my other little rant that I've got today about, um, it's really about data migration. Um, so if you're, if you're moving from one system to another, not taking seriously the sort of cleanliness of that data you're bringing across, but also how much data you're trying to move over and what you've got in flight. So, for example, if we're doing a um, an ARP migration or something like that, the advice is always to close off as many sales orders and purchase orders as you can, close off as many transfer orders as possible, minimize the amount of stuff that you're trying to move from a to b that can make it all go horribly pear-shaped but also and but again and cleaning up the data because if over time you're going to get data quality problems building up but if you're trying to put a new system in just don't copy that same data quality problem over because you then not only are you having to deal with transferring all the stuff where you've masked your data in the from the previous horror story in the new system you've got to copy all of that logic over but you've also then still got the dirty basis of everything that you brought across so every problem you've built up in the old system you're going to migrate across so again as a lot of my my rants and the, my real horror story around data tends to be around more the quality of it than anything else because is something that's not, I don't think it's taken seriously enough. And there, there is far too much of a tendency to go, ah, but we can deal with that in the reporting end. We don't need to worry about making sure it's good on the input. But actually you do, because the better you make it on the input, the better you're going to get your reporting out and the more useful your reporting will be. You'll lose less man hours over it. So when you're migrating data, do everything you can to clean up as much of it as you possibly can before you go to migrate into that new system you're putting in. Because you've got this lovely, beautiful, clean new system. Don't get it grubby immediately. It's like if you're drive if you're driving a new car off the forecourt, you're not going to immediately gonna start wanting to sort of 
drag that around country lanes and get it filthy. You're going to want to keep it nice for a bit, aren't you? Well, well Shailen, I mean, you, know, you can't go along with that. I kind of imagine yeah. you getting the car straight from the forecourt and ragging it around the country lanes Yeah, but immediately. then you'd spend ages cleaning it because yeah, that's Shailen. Yeah, exactly. that's, that, that's his OCD. I mean. That's my OCD. And buy all the equipment, buy all the polishing, <laughs> the detailing, and clean it. That is my OCD. But you know how many man hours you have to put into that? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to put that into your data again. Yes, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I had a similar, I had a similar migration one whereby we spec'd the amount of work required because the migration is halfway through and problematic. We spec the amount of work based on the, the information we were given at 10 days. Mm-hmm. We ended up when all was said and done and we uncovered all the issues with the data and it being over 100 days yeah. um, because most of what was wrong was not disclosed. Because And, and a lot of it, actually, frankly, they didn't know because what had happened, there'd been a whole bunch of different... This is a Salesforce implementation. They've had a whole load of different admins come and go. They've gone and changed the way the, 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 the application processed all of the data. So that happened a number of times. They had various um, data imports and things like that at various times, which took data in in different ways. Um, and there wasn't anybody that actually really understood everything that had happened. Um, so, and data migration is such a big th- and difficult thing to do, isn't it? Mm. Um, and Tom, to your point, you know, very few organizations really take it seriously. You know, it's like it's like on your house, isn't it? It's like having to pay for a brand new roof or something. You yeah. know, you don't want to do it, but you've got to do it. But the problem is, is that you know, people don't do it. I have, I have a couple. I have one first. So we've spoken about this before. You know, fixed price or estimate treating as fixed price, right? So horror stories when it does go over, and then they think. Well, why is it taking so long to do this? Because you keep on asking for changes. So you need to prioritize those changes. But examples like, um, and we've all heard these before, examples like, yeah, yeah, let's just make sure we can get to the data. Let's make sure we can visualize, and then we'll think about what it looks like. So you create a, a, a report, publish it, and the first thing they come back with, right. Can we apply our brand? I'd like to show this internally. Can you change the font size to 10 because um, on this one? Can you change the axis to this for this report? Can you do this? And it just carries on. Yeah. Um, so the, the element of the first element of, well, let's just see if we can develop these reports with your data. And then we'll worry about the exact look and feel. Um, and I think people, I think a lot of people get carried away and, and they think the other thing they think is we're internal, which is good, but they, you know, they think we're internal. We're, we're part of their internal team or we're part of their internal reporting team. And so, oh, can you just make that change? Can you make that change? Can you make that change? Um, but it's still TNM. You know, so it's that fixed price TNM plus managing change, managing scope, which and related is prototype to production. This is one of the biggest bugbears. And 
at the beginning they will claim they understand yeah it is a prototype it's a throwaway piece of work okay we'll hold you to that we will actually throw it away but it looks so good can we now just productionize it if that's a word can we make it into a production report here we go here's the actual data here's the actual can't hear you Andy yeah so here's the actual data um, can we um, um, now promote it to this environment and great no 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 this is a throwaway piece of work this is a prototype we're just or a proof of concept we need to start again because we have fudged some of it we have masked errors because just to prove that this could be achieved so you had a smile in your face tom prototype to production the phrase there just, yeah just smash it live don't worry about it be fine yeah. smash <laughs> yeah. it live don't need to worry it'll work yeah. um but no i mean that's uh i mean as a slightly related bit there though there's the the issue of um where people are not entirely upfront about the scope of what is being asked for um and that that's something you see where people are, are say will say oh but it's just three reports what they don't tell you is that each report has got 20 pages in it yes and it oh, is things I like love that. that so yeah, yeah you end up with yeah what what should have been a, a relatively small scope um and you just end up with a, a bit of a, a mess in it yeah, love those where each report or they say or they say, Tom, the um, the report itself at the moment has many pages because each one has a, a specific filter. But yes, if there's another way, a better way. Yeah, there is a better way. Use slicers, use other filters, use page filters or use filters on the right side. Um, yeah. But then they say, no, actually, can we just have a page because, you know, the users won't like that. Can we just duplicate that page and put this filter in? Duplicate that and then you end up with 30, 40, 50 odd pages again. Yeah. Now, we seem to have lost Andy. I was going to say, the astute amongst our listeners will have noticed that Andy hasn't actually given any input at the moment. And that appears to be because he's bust his mic at the minute. Um, so while we're doing horror stories, Andy is having a tech horror story, <laughs> all of our own. So. I think what we'll probably just have to do is I think I've got one more story that we can tell and then we'll probably just wrap it up at that because Andy yeah. is having his very own personal nightmare today. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I suppose he was asking for it doing a Halloween special, wasn't it? Yeah. And so I think what's that, Andy, that particular client? Who what client again? Should we mention it? Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 so I think that the the one that I think this is one that both me and Shailen do want to have a, a little rant about is the horror of not having well-defined uh, measures across all parts of the business. And again, this is so common that if you if this sounds like it's talking about your organization, there is every chance it is because again, what often happens is that reporting grows up in silos around the uh, business and we start to get really bad areas where pe things are getting defined very specifically in different departments and we end up with 
disagreements between what something means across different departments. But I say it's so common that yeah, if you if you feel like you're being picked on, we're not really picking on you because it this is everywhere. I mean, Jalen, how many places have we seen this in over the years? Nearly all of them. Yes, nearly all of them. Shall we see if we can get a list of places that we haven't seen this problem? That's uh, a good idea. That'll be that'll be a nice short podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about it then. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is, and not, and you know when not understanding the data as well. Mm. So internally. Um, especially if they've implemented other systems, they still may not understand the, their data. They may not understand filters or different codes or categories. Um, but then the classic is, and I say, yeah, but it should be that, that, that. But you're the Power BI or data experts. I don't know. You make it work. Well, we can try to make it work, but we need to understand your data. Yeah. And, you know, it's, but I say, it is, I think it's, you, and, you know, we've we've talked about this in other podcasts, and I think coming up, because this is going to go out on Halloween, I think then the following Monday, we'll pro I think we're going to be talking at that point about um, requirements gathering. So we'll be talking about this again very soon. Um, I think that's how it's going to work, because we've recorded these slightly out of order. So I'm slightly confused now myself, but I think that's the way it's going to land. Yeah. Um, so I think we can probably at that point wrap up the Halloween special of the Clearly podcast and say good night from me and from me and from Andy and, and from Andy and, and a vote from our you know listeners out there that like Andy going on mute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if he gives us a vote, we can put him on mute in other podcasts as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah stay safe and don't have nightmares and do sleep well